Welcome to Every Step Podcast. I'm Christina Weston. And I'm Judith Beck. Every Step is the podcast where career and life meet. With a new guest every episode, we explore the gutsy issues affecting everyone in the workplace. Welcome back, Ellie Johnson, for part two of our conversation around truth, deception. And today we're going to dig a little bit more into the issue of how do we create a culture of candor, both at work and also in our personal lives? And how do we create the kind of relationships that we that we want to have and the, the environment that we want to have? So, Ellie, I'm going to throw straight to you. Straight into the deep end. Straight into the deep end. <laughs> Big topics. And last time we were together, the time flew and we just kept on talking after we, we stopped recording. So let's see what we can get through today. Mm. Truth and lies and honesty, they're such huge topics that, that everybody is interested in in some way, shape or form. And we are going to talk about creating a culture of candor in your organisation, in your teams and in your personal relationships too. First thing I want to say on that is if it was easy, everyone would be doing it already. And the fact that a lot of organisations, many organisations and many relationships don't have a culture of candor tells us there must be something tricky about it. There must be something a little bit complex about it. And and that's what I want to unpack today. What's so hard about creating this culture of candor? And I think we've all got stories and we've all got examples of, of why it is difficult. And one of the things that is difficult for people to hear sometimes is feedback and so that whole truth-telling element of creating the culture of candor, I want to give you some feedback. I want to tell you some truth. People get defensive. People don't take feedback well. No, so there's don't. a whole bit that we need to unpack in relation to, to feedback, and that can be in our personal lives as well as our professional lives. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I've had some issues happen in my personal life recently, which could have equally happened in a in a work environment. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I used the phrase I, "I've been cancelled by a friend because of the because of the feedback." And mm-hmm. it's it's it is tricky. I think it's I think a number of us. I think both at work and in our personal lives, I think many of us are afraid to give feedback because we don't want to make waves. It's like it's easy just to dismiss a behaviour or dismiss a comment and kind of go, well, that's not the heart of who that person is. That wasn't their intention. Mm-hmm. But then it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And at some point that person actually does need to hear the feedback. And I guess the challenge is how do we deliver it in a way that allows that feedback to land with the intention that we have for that feedback that's we can't take responsibility for how it lands on somebody we can take responsibility for how we deliver the feedback and that takes some thought to to understand human behavior and understand that people do get defensive when they hear something that doesn't put them in the best light and when we get defensive, then we get triggered. When we get triggered, we want to argue back and tell somebody what's wrong about with them. So we can't take responsibility for how it lands on someone else. We can certainly take responsibility for how it lands on us. 
And when we talk about feedback and people being truthful with us, we need to ask ourselves, do we make it safe for people to be truthful with us? How does how do I respond if someone is truthful? What what is my reaction? What is my knee jerk? What is my reaction? And it only takes one occasion for somebody giving me some feedback and me blowing my blowing top up or, yeah yeah or or getting triggered and saying well that's bs or you do this and and then we're off into an argument and i have signaled to that person it's not really a safe environment environment for for you to give me that feedback because i'm either not not willing to hear it i'm not emotionally mature enough to hear it all of all of those things, and I think in in your case, Kristen, you're talking about your your friend. Was that a blind spot that 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 friend had when you gave feedback? I, I suspect it was. I mean, this is a very dear friend who who I love, and I hope we can rekindle the friendship. Hmm. But there was it was important. She got very upset with me over an issue, and and I tried to ring her, and she wouldn't talk to me. So I I don't like to respond via email. I don't think that's uh. I think that's a very dangerous way of communicating when emotions are heightened. Um, but she wouldn't take my calls. She wouldn't speak to me. So I wrote her an email and gave her um, some feedback about how the interactions had landed on me because she was very, very cross with me about something I had done and it was never my intention to hurt her. Mm. But I think when I actually wrote the email and I tried to write from a perspective of the of the my my intention and mm-hmm. and how I wanted um gee it's a hard it's just a difficult one to talk about because there's so much emotion caught up in it um when I actually wrote back to her I think she was very confronted because it was in her blind spot I think the information I'd shared with her came as a big shock mm. And and that's you know and no one wants to hurt anybody. Like I think a lot of us avoid giving feedback because we want to maintain friendships and we kind of go, well, our friendship's bigger than that. We all, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. None of us mm. are perfect. Mm. So, but I think there comes a point where we actually become dishonest with ourselves if we allow certain behaviors to continue with people at work or in our personal lives. Mm. And then we're dishonest with ourselves because we're putting ourselves second or we're not managing our boundaries well enough. So I think with the, with the benefit of hindsight, um, that bit about learning how to communicate in a way where you can grow and move on rather than go throw, you know, throw your, your toys out of the sandpit and go, actually, I'm not playing in this sandpit now. Uh, I've got, I've got, now I need time out. I'm not playing with you. And that happens at work as well. And I think the difference with, um, from a work and a personal point of view is that in a personal situation, you're hurt because you've invested in this relationship for a long term. And in a work situation, you're more than likely angry when you've got that feedback and you're thinking, well, what do you know? Don't tell me. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I see it. And that's where that trust is important because if your boss is someone who you don't trust and mm-hmm. you don't respect, you're not going to take that feedback as well as someone who might go, okay, they know what they're talking about. And I think that, you know, one of the things that is important is for 
managers to to and and companies to learn that they need to be able to build that trust and how they do that is probably through consistency of behavior mm, 100% and to be able to you know one practice what they preach i've been getting a lot of feedback from people who have taken new jobs and the person who interviewed them was all nicey nicey made all these promises and We've got flexibility here. We're family friendly. Um, This is a great uh, place to work for. You've got a parking space. And then when they get into the the role, well, um, family friendly means a pizza party at Christmas time with your partner, right? (laughs) And flexibility means maybe once in a month you might be able to uh, uh, leave early. So uh, 10 minutes early. (laughs) 10 minutes early. (laughs) And parking and parking means first in best dress kind of thing. <laughs> and that's where when people start new jobs, they lose trust. They start to lose trust very quickly if they don't get off on the right foot. And if the company doesn't um, uh, put their money where their mouth is, in other words, they've overpromised and underdelivered. that person from that then on, all of a sudden, every time they see that person, they don't believe what they say Mm-mm. and you know that in a- any company or relationship at the end of the day you've got to build that trust that's it and that culture when we talk about the culture of candor um in an organization that it goes right back to recruit well, it starts at recruitment well it starts in other areas too in your advertising in your promotions in how you talk about the organization so but the recruitments are really important and and there's so much focus on interviewees you know candidates telling lies and and not being completely truthful but (laughs) a lot of a lot of hiring managers and recruiters are full of it and and they're misleading people as you say and then people get into that job wow I've got this job and they've got this and they've got that and and it's and it's not the truth so for those hiring managers and recruiters out there that want the truth from people you need to start actually speaking the truth and giving the truth too. Like, well, that's creating that culture. Because whitewashing doesn't help anybody, does it? it no, someone's going to, it's going to end in tears for somebody. It's Well, it's and you know what? Hurt. A lot of those managers, um, you know, they might, I used to tell people because they would have this relationship with their manager and then their manager would say, yeah, 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 go ahead and do that. That sounds like a great idea. And then they go off and do it. And then four months down the track, when whatever it was that they got, they thought they got approval for wasn't working out, the manager will go, I never said you could do that. And then the person who's go, we had that conversation in the hallway because nothing, and I used to say to people, get it in, you know, like confirm it. Put it in writing. But the the reality was, was that person being, um, uh, were they lying to them? A lot of times they would forget they forgot and they sure. actually, and, and I'd say to them, look, you got to remember a lot of these managers and people have 25,000 other things on the go. You, you've you've um, spoken to them in the hallway, got them to agree to something, then off you go. They forget. And then they literally go, I didn't say that. Mm. You know, the more I didn't stressed you are, the more under stress you are, whether it's in your personal life or in your corporate life, you're going to misread signals. You're going to forget. You're going to misinterpret 
Um, you're going to bring your own stuff to the room. Yeah, and your memory can play tricks on you too. So you can conveniently forget or you can believe that this is the truth for you. Like I absolutely said that or I absolutely didn't say that. But our our memory can absolutely play tricks and fill in gaps for us. You know, there's there's people in prison now that shouldn't be there that are there because of, of witness testimony where they absolutely believed that that was the person or they absolutely believed that they saw this or heard that but it didn't happen and there's people getting out of jail and with dna testing now that were put into jail based on someone's very very clear memory so our memory plays tricks as as well we have to keep that in mind well one of my favorite um sayings is from seinfeld and um where george goes it's not a lie jerry if you believe it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people <laughs> in the corporate world yes. that believe their own stuff right yeah. <laughs> that's not true that that's that's true but clear communication is, is so important when we're talking about creating we have to create that co- culture of candle we have to have conversations about what is a culture of candle first that's just starting Point. So an organization can't put up some new shiny organizational values on the wall and say, look, here's our values. Everybody do this. And most organizational values or mission statements, you'll see the word honesty somewhere in there. So they stick it up. What does that even mean though? What does that even mean? That's it. You you have to actually you have to dissect, you have to unpack that. And then you have to start from a very very the very beginning of, of unpacking that and and training people around. If this is our end goal and this is where we think we are now, what are all those steps in between that we need to get to there? And there's a whole lot of steps and there's a whole lot of, aware- of awareness and there's a whole lot of individual growth and there's a whole lot of leadership and management growth and communication growth. It, it, it's like it's complex. <laughs> it's really complex. And you can't turn, like think of a, big, of a big ship that needs to turn the opposite direction. Like a big cruise ship. It doesn't just go whoop, like a little speedboat. It, it takes a it takes a while to turn around and and so too can an organizational culture or the culture in a relationship like what is what is okay what is not okay when it comes to truth and lies because we all tell lies sorry everybody to tell we you. do we all tell lies and, and every now and then i get people push back and they go well i don't i'm a really honest person but most people will put their hand up and say i'm an honest person when in my when I stand on a stage in front of hundreds of people, hands up who's an honest person. Pretty much everyone puts their hand on. But all of us have lied. So are we a liar? Do we label someone a liar when they have told lies in the past? Or because we should all then be wearing T-shirts saying, I am a liar. <laughs> and, and we tell lies to protect people sometimes or, or we yes. omit information to protect people from that's right. From 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 harm or from hurt, from feeling. Well, there's hurt. others lies, meaning I'm protecting someone else. But there's then then there's self lies to protect myself too. So there's you know there's different types of lies. Absolutely. We need to unpack that. We need to get people talking about the difficulty in telling the truth and speaking the truth and hearing the truth and feedback and that's the starting point for for organizations to start a conversation let's let's start unpacking it let's hear what your your boundaries are let's hear what your definitions are let's hear what your fears are let's hear what your interpretation is that's the starting point just to have and and even those conversations can be uncomfortable 
Yeah. And how do you have those conversations where everybody's boundaries are different? Everybody's level of sensitivity is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's perspective and the stuff that they come into the room with is different. Yeah. And and you're right. Some people are more sensitive because of their background, perhaps. They've trusted in the past and they've been hurt. So, you know, that, that trust thing is so big and so vital and so important to them because their world's been shattered in some way, shape or form in the past. So they may be more sceptical or they've got their barriers up and their boundaries up and and other people are more open and more emotionally mature and aware. So you've got you've got such a mix of you know experiences and background and level of education and maturity and emotional intelligence and all of those things. So it's starting the conversations. It's actually just start the conversations. So absolutely. And and, and it yeah. really is up to the leaders from the top down to set they the have end. to lead. They have to lead by absolutely. example. People will see and if the leader uh um, you know, doesn't admit to a mistake or they don't apologize for something or they, you know, they try to sweep something under the rug or whatever, then the people who are watching and right down from the younger ones up will yeah. go, that's acceptable behavior. But if they, you know, do the right thing, that's how they start building um, the culture of trust. And the reason people don't speak up within organizations is because they've witnessed other people in the past speaking up and getting shot down mm. but if they would witness people actually um speaking up and other people encouraging them and and um uh you know helping them then other people would 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 think the same way and it's really we are talking about it's it's hard but it actually can be simple it could be simple with the process yeah with the process it could be simple if people would just look at it from a human point of view how are we yeah. going to make this environment safe yeah. to the point where everybody feels confident and comfortable speaking up to the point where they know they're not going to get not repercussion down. yeah repercussion. A repercussion yeah so what it, but to understand what people's fears are what are they most afraid of and yeah. and then to mitigate those fears and talk talk through those those fears and when somebody as you say, is courageous enough to to speak up, whatever that is. Like there's so many different things that somebody could speak up about, but they do it, then that has to be noticed and it has to be um, not rewarded, but it's rewarded in a way, like acknowledged and, yeah, it, it is rewarded. It's It is rewarded. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for speaking up. Thank you um, for having the courage to step into that uncomfortable space. Uh, so that's that's really important too, and to to address issues prop- promptly. So when things are are, are not uh, meeting the guidelines ar- around that trust and honesty, to to address them properly. Don't let them fester and grow, and as you said, sweep things under the carpet. Oh, because when you let them fester, that's when you start conjuring up all kinds of things that are going on, and then you think, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that, and yeah. I'm going to leave this organization because of this, that, and the other thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I think we need to talk about as well is the person, the employee needs to know how to build trust with their manager. So it goes both ways. You know, if you want, if you want, to be uh, looked at within your organization of someone who can do things and get things done, 
you've got to build that trust up with your colleagues and with your um, your manager as well, so that they look at you as someone who's dependable. And to realize that trust is really fragile too. Humans, it can take a while to build trust, but take just one action or one word <laughs> for trust to be shattered. And it's really hard to win back. We talked in the last time we got together, we talked about the the truth default and how we, you know, we, we default to believing people. And, mm. and so we should because we need that skill to get through our lives socially. We can't go around not trusting everything and everybody. But when somebody does lie to us and it's found out or somebody does say they're going to do X but they do Y, then the trust is broken, whether it's broken a little bit or broken big. If it's broken, it's it's really hard to get that, not impossible, but hard to get it back. So we want, want to work to creating that culture of candor and recognising we need to do what we say we're going to do. And yeah. if, we, if we give our word on something, then we, we act on that. If we're not unable to follow through on that, then we explain, I did say this, but I can no longer fulfil that. And here are the reasons why. And yeah. really, really clear communication. Don't leave people in the dark like some of our politicians do. Right, we right Judith? <laughs> we were talking about that earlier, you know, um, for the benefit of the audience. Um, here in Australia, the overseas um, audience may not understand, but there's a thing called the Commonwealth Games, if you're not part of the Commonwealth. And Australia was going to be the host in Melbourne and the powers to be all of a sudden came on the news and said, we're canceling it. And I'm not apologizing and it's going to cost too much. And so we were talking about this earlier about there's a way to give a message hmm. and yeah. Okay. Sometimes you have to make a hard decision. It's costing too much better to get out now, but I actually do apologize for the inconvenience that I, uh, this decision is, go is um, going to cause multiple small businesses and businesses throughout Australia. And I think that kind of a message would have, been so much better for the people they're still going to be disappointed but they're going to go okay well there's some and give some reasoning for goodness sakes I mean come on really not that oh, right. oh it was it was uh, it was originally two billion and now it's seven million but yeah, what happened? and then no one believes like no one believes that because the the magnitude of the price explosion was so great. There's questions around all of that. And then it gets everybody questioning about was the whole decision um, based on somebody's ego as opposed to the facts and who lied to who in the decision-making process. So the whole thing is like, oh, we just don't trust them. And what well, trust? There's too much dark, is it? Have, what yes, trust will anybody else have in the future who wants to hold an event like that? Um, they're going to go, okay, hold on a second. You know, I'm going to put because that's people's livelihood. And if you commit, you know, I just think yeah, it's anyway, I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> but I mean, when we talk about politicians all around the world, then uh, when you already have formed your opinion, it doesn't really matter what somebody does. You're not going to trust Correct. them anyway, because you're already operating off that 
the bar is already I don't trust that person. So that's already happened long before for whatever reason. And and then that can happen at work. That can happen in our personal relationships and our professional relationships with our clients and customers as well. So sometimes it's out of our control because they don't trust trust our organisation because of something that happened before. But they're actually looking at me and I'm I'm the organisation. But Is I think the keepable, can you retrieve it? Like if you don't trust, like in that case, so how long um, does it take for someone to reestablish trust? Mm-hmm. Have you had any kind of experience in, have you, where you've seen, you know, where something hasn't happened, but all of a sudden someone has to, what do they got to do? Well, big yeah, brands I'm- have destroyed their brand. I mean, in the brands, moment, yeah. their brands have been destroyed either through things they've done incorrectly, yeah. um, things that individuals have done. So organizations do build their brands it takes time doesn't it it does and it's it's yes it's the brand in the sort of marketing division and the comms division and everything needs to work on that but it's the humans that suffer for it so so if I'm a sales rep for an organization and and that organization has ripped people off and done the wrong thing people are going to see that I'm I'm the face of that now yes through through a lot of work and a lot of relationship building with my customers I can help to build back that trust, but they're really building the trust in me. Uh, they still might say the organisation and the brand stinks, but they, they're starting to build the, the trust in me. Now, how do I do that? Well, I need to do what I say I'm going to do. Mm. Uh, I, you know, because it's a sketchy ground at that stage, isn't it? They're like, okay, I'll give you a chance. And and then if I say I'm going to do X and I do Y, uh, if I, little things then straight away they're going, yep, I knew it. Ellie's the same. She's just like them all. So we really need to 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 be impeccable with our actions and our words. So what do you think some of the things are that employees would do that would um, damage the trust? So what are the some of the uh, behaviours that you've seen over the years that people working within organisations that we might be able to share um, that causes a manager not to have trust in someone. It causes a, a manager not to have trust in in an employee. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, I worked I worked years ago for EverReady Batteries, Ever EverReady and Energizer Batteries, and um, and uh, there was one of our, our senior account managers, and she she got caught out not going to the customer regularly as she was supposed to. She kept on having days off, but she'd log that she went to this customer. And 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 she she ended up getting caught out and she lost her job for it. And, you know, it's it's fascinating. I always think about that and it's such a long time ago. And I think, how did you ever think that that was going to end well? Mm. How did you ever think that having these extra days off and, and saying that you were visiting this customer and not visiting this customer, like how did that sit okay with you? And how did you think that that was ever going to end well? Because when we make when we make those decisions or we take those shortcuts or we um, skirt around the truth, most of the time it's going to come out. Most of the time you're going you're going to come unstuck, even in relationships and someone's cheating and they're getting away with it for a year and two years and three years and five They'll years. Catch and, up with them. Yeah, most of the time you sometimes you get, get away with it. But if you're getting away with it, what's the toll on your own body too? What's the toll mm. on your own mental health? What's the toll on your nervous system? So I think let's come back to communication because that's kind of at the heart of every at the heart of of everything. And in terms of truth telling, we've all kind of not 
not spoken the truth for one reason or another to 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 protect someone and that's also being you know you may not think it's dishonest but it's on the spectrum of of dishonesty how do we manage our communication so that let's say in the workplace for example we're getting a lot of feedback from people saying oh i can't possibly give abc person you know or whatever you know this person feedback because um, they might take it the wrong way and I might be up for a bullying charge or a whatever, whatever. Yeah. And there or- seems to be a, a lot of conversation around that where people are actually now afraid to give constructive feedback. And and we've had some young younger pe- people in their sort of younger than us, I mean, their 30s, <laughs> saying we used to have we used to have situations post-project where we'd all sit around and give feedback about how the project went and now the leaders don't want to do that because they're afraid of repercussions. And, look, that can't, that can't be good either. So how do we, what are the practical things that we could do and what are the skills that we need to have so that we can create an environment where it is safe to give and receive constructive feedback without people feeling annihilated? It's like, it's like creating that charter of, and the culture is really the definition of culture. My definition is the way we do things around here. So really thinking about what is the way we do things around here, but don't do it at the at the CEO level coming to a, a meeting and going, this is the way we do things around here. Like there needs to be investment in, in training and awareness. Like at the moment I'm rolling out a leadership uh, program for an organisation and one of the things we talk about is the Jahari window and just that awareness, I see people go out having light bulb moments and aha moments because we talk about people's open space. They communicate, you know something about me, I know it about me, my hidden space, I know it about me, but I don't want you to know about it, me. And the blind spot area is something that you know about me, but I don't know it about myself. I'm just not aware of maybe how I show up or how my strong personality kind of upsets people sometimes or how my body language comes across and and so I think that that for organizations that are really proactive about this it's really having some consistent training and education across the organization and even little things like that where someone is presented a tool that they haven't seen before or they have seen before but never taken notice of it and realize that we all have blind spots and the biggest gift that somebody can give you is to point out the blind spots that you have but we have to be willing to let that in. We have to be willing to uh, be a truth attractor and not repel it, not push it away and welcome it. So that it starts with conversations like this and it starts with a, a long-term strategy as you turn that ship around to, in, to, to bring some extra training and awareness into organisations and have different conversations, different than they're having now. Talk about how... We tiptoe around things. Talk about how we we tread on eggshells. Like let people actually get that out. Talk about why that happens. Talk about human psychology. Talk about defensiveness. Talk about like talk about it, but have a consistent long term plan. Don't mm. just just don't do one training course and go, yay, off we go. Got that certificate. Yep. Yeah, got the certificate. We've got a culture of candor. It, it, you have to have a longer term strategy, and you have to. Say right, we're here. We want to get over there. We're going to turn the ship around slowly, and we're going to t- and we're going to put our arms around our people and nurture them on that journey. 
Yeah. And it's kind of from the inside out and the outside in. So the, the organization needs to help create that environment, but the individuals also need to take personal responsibility yeah. for their own personal growth so that they grow from the inside out so that they're ready to also be part of a culture of candle. That's it. Like work out what is the end result? What what do we what do we want our culture to be? What is what do we want to be able to say? This is the way we do things around here. And 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 really get that right, but then recognize when we're so far from that. Most organizations are so far from that. Some have done a lot of work on it, some have done next to nothing, and some are actually probably doing the opposite of work on it. They're putting brick walls up so that it just they'll never get they'll never get there. Well, it's probably even harder these days because if they're not if they're all over the place and they're not in one area, um, they're not sort of having that collaboration on a daily basis um, to build that trust. So companies will have to be a lot more intentional about getting together and and getting to know people and understanding the different, um, you know, the different needs and wants of people too, because someone who's just coming into their first job needs something different than somebody who is, you know, mid-career and above. So they need more um, nurturing or mentoring or One of of the big topics that's out there at the moment is people coming back into the office and the struggle that organisations are having with getting people to come back into the office. Now, there's people that are not going into the office on certain days and pretending or or, or saying that they're not coming because they don't feel well, because they've got a bit of a cough. But the fact is they just want to work from home that day. So sometimes we um, we actually are pushing truth away because they feel that they have to lie about why they're working from home because they don't want to go into the office that day. So imagine creating an environment where I could say, I just don't want to come in today. I, I, I want to work from home. I could have a thousand reasons why or I could just feel like working from home today. And as long as my productivity is there, I I think that's a great thing. But instead... I don't believe truth. Remember, we talked about the truth, truth default, and that if truth will get me there, most of the time I'll tell the truth. But in this case, I think if I tell the truth, you'll say, come on, Ellie, come into the office. So therefore, letting say, the team oh, down, and then they'll be able to do it. I'll say, like, well, three I, days I, a week, I, you know, you meant in the office three days a exactly. week. Exactly. So you're actually making me lie. Or no, you're not making me lie. I'm choosing to lie, but you're actually increasing the likelihood that I'm going to have to tell you BS because but then I'm not going to have trust in you. I'm not going to have ah, as the manager. But you I'm won't know. Gonna... You won't know that I'm I'm not being truthful. I, I'll, eventually, I'll tell you. Eventually, eventually, yeah, eventually, someone, yeah. eventually, you're going to yeah. get caught out. And yeah. the and the thing is, is that you know the um, the working from home or whatever. When the company goes, but they've made a decision. It's going to be three days. It's going to be flexible. The whole thing is they have to they ha- again with that structure, whatever it is, they've got to be consistent. And it's got to be something that works for everyone. And if it doesn't work for someone and rather than lying about coming in or out, find another job because the company has already decided that this is the culture and this is what we want. And if 99% of the people are on board, but only a few, because, you know, I don't want to work from home today. So I'm just going to tell them I don't feel well. 
that's going to come back and bite them later on. So, to, people, But even before all of this, people used to say, you know, we, we couldn't be honest before about having to pick our kids up from school or our kids were unwell. So we used to make up stories 10, 10 years ago. That goes, you know. that was a family friendly thing. Like don't tell people in an interview and stuff like that. We're family friendly. And, um, you know, flexibility when, you know, women have to pick up or drop their kids off, women and men, partners have to drop their kids off by a certain time. Sometimes they can't get to those early morning meetings. And then all of a sudden, if they've got a, uh, if you want them to come in for meetings outside of the normal, the norm, when they've already planned um, I mean, anybody who has kids will understand what the heck I'm talking about. If you've already planned your drop, your drop off and your your pickups, and these days having extra support out there is not all that easy. Um, and then someone says, I want you to come in for a 7.30 meeting. And then you go, I can't, I'm not going to be there. I'll, I'll, I, I can only get there by eight. And they make you feel guilty. You know, or they make you feel like, you know, you're a villain if you walk in 10 minutes late when you've mm -hmm. already told them, well, that's not family friendly, is it? And it's, gonna, it, it's going to mean that that person or those people are always going to go, well, that's not, again, it's not family mm -hmm. friendly. It's yeah. not, you know, or, and it's like what you were saying, Christina, you know, people did things like that before where they called in sick before working from home and did that. But eventually, if people are doing that, my, my view you know, looking back on recruitment, the ones that were doing things like that weren't, weren't happy in their job. Mm. They did, and they could have actually been working in an environment where everybody else in that organization loved it, but that person didn't. So, you know, they didn't, they, and, and big companies can have a great culture of loyalty and trust, but you might just be the one unlucky person <laughs> That reports to the person who isn't like everybody else, and that makes your life miserable. Yeah. yeah, and the bigger the organization, the more the more personalities there are in there. So that's why that's why it's so complex. Humans are complex creatures. We can't just paint everyone with the same brush and say, "There you go, behave like like this." But the, I think I think in twenty twenty three and beyond, that that culture of candor and the the desire for truthfulness and, and honesty and safety and psychological safety and yeah. all of those things that a lot of those are words that we haven't heard a lot of in the past that we're going to hear a lot of in the future people are demanding different things Agreed. but we also need to take responsibility for our own responses like if you expect people to be honest if you expect people to and your leaders and your colleagues and people to be truthful then you have to take responsibility for how how you react and how you respond because if if you push truth away or you make it hard for people to be truthful with you well that's on you yeah very well, true. exactly right you have to ask yourself okay if you if you're working for someone and all of a sudden you don't trust them you got, you have to sort of say why don't i trust them what you know reflect on what it was at that moment that happened could I have asked more questions? Did I perceive it incorrectly? Yes. Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they snapped at me or said something that's not their normal. Mm. Um, and so I took it wrong or maybe the correspondence. And the only way you're going to find out if you have a conversation with them. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> all, roads, all roads lead to conversation. 
It and does. what we've been talking about in the last in the last episode in this one is all all roads lead to conversation and awareness. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if you think someone's not telling you the truth, um, you know, we've all been down that track because, you know, like people will um, sometimes only tell you what they want you to hear. You have to start thinking um, deeper. And if you're and if you're getting the little twitches of like something's not right here, keep asking more questions. Keep asking more about, you know, I used to say, like when I was dealing with clients and when I'd go out and, and try to get business from a new client, if they didn't ask me questions, they're not interested. They just said, oh, yeah, this sounds great. Here, give me the proposal, whatever, and then we'll get back to you. I was like, nah, I'm never going to hear from this person again. I wanted the ones <laughs> to keep asking me questions until they stopped asking me questions because then I knew that any doubt that they had in my, in their mind about me or the company or the consultants or whatever, I've been able to overcome. And that was them trying to see, build the trust in me. Can this, can this company and this person do this job? And it's, it's the same thing when we go out and see clients. All, all People want to deal with people they trust and they know who can deliver mm. what they said they were going to do. So whether it's the employee who's working for the, a manager, the manager just wants to know, can I trust this person? Will they do what they said? The employee wants to know, will this company offer and, and do what they said they were going to do when I took this role? <laughs> right? mm. It's a two-way street. It's, it's two so nuanced. Street. It's so nuanced because my truth may not be your truth. We might be both in the same situation and the way I perceive what's happened is quite different to how you've perceived what's happened and each of those experiences are true for us. For you, yes. But it's not true. But if I heard your truth of what you experienced and it wasn't either my intention or my truth of what happened, wow, <laughs> And that's where the that emotional maturity, yeah, emotional maturity around conversation comes into it. So to be able to be tolerant of somebody else's view and perspective and truth. So I say to you, Christina, I want to understand you better. I want to understand your perspective. I want to understand the lens from that that you look through. So I need to be a good listener. So active listening is so, so important here to not jump into judgment, to just listen to understand, seek to understand. And questions are your power tools to mm. keep going deeper. Like, okay, explain that to me. Why? Why do you feel like that? Um, can you can you give me more insight into that? Uh, and so it's going deeper into understanding you. And that's if I allow that, I'm less likely to be tr triggered and looking for how I can disagree with you. Is just sitting sitting with your truth because it's so easy to jump into judgment. And I know, I know, I've done it and. And I know We've others done have done it. it with We've all done it. <laughs> and, and, and that practice of asking questions, you know, it happens in marriages. Often my husband will do something and I'll jump to a conclusion. And it's like, and I've, and I've learned the hard way not to actually jump to that conclusion, to actually ask a question. Is there a reason why you haven't done ABC? Rather than <laughs> Is going, there a reason why you haven't put the rubbish bin out? Is there a reason? Yeah. Or, or, or can I understand? I'd like to understand, understand why X, Y, Z. I'd like to understand. So yeah. then, then you're actually taking responsibility that at this point you don't have enough information to understand. So I'd like to understand better 
why this has happened. I'd like to understand better why you made this choice. I'd like to understand uh, better. But if you do that, you have to create that space for somebody. And that, that takes practice. Where it does. I, I, I'm no expert on this. I still get triggered. I still jump down people's throats, but I'm working so hard on not being that person. And the first step of that is awareness that you do it. <laughs> so awareness you've got to create practice. that awareness. And that can that can be a bit of a, a look in the mirror and, and mm. that's self-truth. That's the first. I've got five truth circles and the first one is self-truth. Mm. And it's holding up a mirror to yourself and realizing your own behaviors and your own reactions and your own triggers and, and all of that. Do that work first before you start finger pointing. Do that work and... Uh, you know, in organizations, creating that culture of candor, don't finger point. The work is actually everyone in that organization looking at self first. Start with self. Always start with self. So I just want to wrap this up with this. Everybody going around about, you know, what 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 are some of the things that you would um, implement or try or, or try to implement in a new organization to make sure that there is a um, a true a trust and loyalty within that within that company just maybe three things what would you do Ali first thing if you were starting a new business what are some of the things that you would do to set the parameters to get off on the right foot well the things I mentioned just before but also allocating budget and time to education and training because as a as a training facilitator and speaker I know that so many organizations cut when they're cutting budgets training is one of the first things to go and they just do compulsory training or essential or compliance training or whatever the stuff that they need to tick the box to say we've done that. And 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 too many organizations cut the funding for this stuff, for for human communication, for for people skills, for awareness, for talking about creating a truth-telling environment and a culture of candor. Like that's going to take an investment. That's investment, investing in your people and investing in the culture of the organization. So that's probably the one big thing that that doesn't often get spoken about is allocate the money and the time and the budget because it will pay off in the end. If people say, we're so busy being busy, we haven't got time for training. You have. Well, you can <laughs> if you choose to <laughs> because it will help you. It'll, it'll help with staff retention. It, it'll help with attracting the right staff and choosing the right staff in the, in the first place. So that's going to save you time and money. Um It'll help with uh, productivity and employee engagement. Like invest in your training and education of your your people. Have these hard conversations around creating the culture of candor and truth and trust and honesty. Uh, That will pay off in the long run. Yep, great. Christina? Um, Start the conversation, but most, most importantly, make sure you're doing the work yourself. Make sure you're having the conversations with yourself because it all starts right here with yourself. And if you as a leader don't have those skills internally, you can't be a role model for that kind of culture that you're wanting to build because you won't have the awareness. You won't have the awareness to find the money to make the budget, right? Because <laughs> there's no problem. And your blind spot will stay blind. And your blind spot will stay blind. So do the work. Yeah, absolutely. I would probably just add to that, um, don't make stuff up. Don't, <laughs> just, don't just, speak uh, bullshit. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Just, you know, say it like it is. At the end of the day, whether you're the company, the manager, or the employee, if you can't do it, speak up. 
or forever hold your peace, really, because it's going to come back and bite you. And don't overpromise and underdeliver. You know, the don't say you can do something if you can't do it. Don't don't try to fake it till you make it. You know, be honest about what your abilities are and what you can do and what you need training on. And, you know, because employers will be a lot happier if somebody's honest about that than some big mistake being made because you've said you could do something and you couldn't do it. So be honest, um, build the loyalty. Um by practicing what you preach and, um, you know, doing what you say. That's that's probably, it seems simple, but it's something that you have to do every single day. And also the other thing I would say where I think companies have an issue of loyalty and trust is that they let some people get away with stuff and not the other ones. So then the, then the people are saying, well, how come so-and-so is doing that yeah um because so and so is a high achiever let's say and bringing in some business but getting away with everything and so that is that that deteriorates the trust or the slacker who's not doing anything and the company's letting them get away with that and and people are seeing well so and so is not coming in or so and so is doing this or so and then all of a sudden again that trust and that loyalty that we're all in this together starts to diminish. So those are some of the things. Yeah. I'm sure there's more. Oh yeah. (laughs) Part three. We'll just do more in part three. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thanks again so much for for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We always get so many. Love these conversations. uh, Yeah. There's so, so, so many things like what you said we could talk about and um, maybe we should do, Trust in politics next time. That, no, <laughs> no, no. We have to talk about Donald Trump. No, no. <laughs> Leave that to no. some other podcast. Yeah, I think that yeah. I think the the thing would be find one that is trustworthy <laughs> instead of the other way around. Who's not? Uh, it could do your head in. It could do your head in. Anyway, yeah. thanks so much, Ellie, for for Thank coming you. on, and um, I'm sure we will speak to you again. Beautiful. Bye, ladies. Bye. For more information about Every Step and our guests, head to everysteppodcast.com. To be notified of new podcasts, please subscribe via your favourite listening platform. And, of course, follow us on social media and direct message us to share your ideas about guests or topics.